Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. is frightful but the fire is so delightful and since we've no place to go let it snow let it snow let it snow Man, welcome back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast for the filmstage.com as always i'm your host brian j rowan with me today we have michael snydell hello and bill graham we're here today to talk about Cold Pursuit, the newest first quarter of the year revenge thriller starring Liam Neeson, this movie directed by Hans Peter Moland, uh, based off of his previous film, uh, In Order of Disappearance. So excited to talk about this movie, amongst some other things tangentially related to it. Before we do that, the usual stuff... You can find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, search Hello? for the Film Stage Show. Michael, have we lost you? I didn't hear anything there for a sec. Oh my god. Are you okay? Nope, I died. <laughs> Are you going insane? <laughs> as we thought you were after the last episode? No, I'm not I'm not going insane. Wait, what was the last episode? Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh. When you okay, did your classic, yeah. I think it sucks on purpose. <laughs> like it can't be this Great. bad. They must be doing this with a reason. A, a lot of people seem to be into that idea. <laughs> <laughs> a giant herd delusion. Um. Anyway, what was I going to say? Uh, find us on Twitter, at Film Stage Show. Facebook, search for the Film Stage Show. Give us a comment and rating on iTunes. And, of course, you can email us, podcast.filmstage.com. Don't forget that you can go to patreon.com slash show in order to give us your money so that we can produce even more great content. We are actually going to make a Herculean push to catch up on some of the classic episodes that we have, uh, I won't say neglected to do, but that we have found nearly impossible to schedule. And so this week, we have committed to, at long last, delivering a new classic episode. And of course, the most classic of all films, Tony Scott's Unstoppable, will be what we talk about. It's Unstoppable, starring Chris Pine, Denzel Washington, the Ethan Supley. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. That's, that's long enough on the call sheet. There Actually, no. This movie... So I watched this like two weeks ago, and this movie has like a lot of really awesome like day player character actor people in it. It's got Kevin Corrigan, whom I love. It's got Kevin Dunn, who is also amazing. Rosario Dawson is in this. Oh, I really wanted more Kevins. You can't do two and then not give me a third. (laughs) I could. Oh, Kevin Chapman. (laughs) I'm sorry. There are, in fact, three Kevins. So good. Um, and, uh, this, this movie has like possibly like my favorite ever like random side character who like disappears for a while and then drives in and saves the day so yeah just uh get get ready for that tony scott directing a movie about a train that cannot be stopped a train that might in fact be called unstoppable so (laughs) and if you thought it was some long lost hitchcock classic or anything like that nope (laughs) right you hear unstoppable you're like oh is that like what 
Hitchcock made after <laughs> Suspicion or something. And it's like, no, this is unstoppable. 2010s, unstoppable. Directed by Tony Scott. We have, like, joked about how much we love Tony Scott and how, like, we should just do nothing but Tony Scott classic episodes. And while I still firmly intend on doing everything that he has ever done, including, (laughs) yes, Crimson Tide, which is amazing. Yeah, Crimson Tide rules. I'm good to start off with Unstoppable. (laughs) I think it's on Prime or Hulu, Bill. It's it's on one of those for sure. Schedule it and then I'll watch it. (laughs) Crimson Tide? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That'll be the next one we do. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Mike, you are not part anymore. of this. Yeah, you're not part of this discussion. It's a uh, Scott Toberfest. That's what we'll Woo. do. <laughs> I can't. I was like struggling to try to figure out how to work his name into a month. Scott Tony Fest. No, that doesn't sound right. Oh, ugh. Yeah, Tony Scott Toberfest, but uh, it's happening in February. Anyway, yeah, Crimson Tide is awesome. Gene Hackman, uh, Viggo Mortensen, James Gandolfini, Danny Nucci, fucking Steve Zahn, I think, is in that movie. Like, this, it's a great movie. Anyway, if you haven't ever seen any movies by Tony Scott, what's wrong with you? But we will be talking about Unstoppable this week, so look forward to that classic episode. I am super glad that my jokes have forced this into being a reality. And then after that, we'll do some more obscure shit. Like, uh, I joked about uh, us doing Sweet Movie. So maybe we should do that next. Have either of you seen Sweet Movie? No, but I have heard that it is not for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That is one way of putting it. Um, That's by uh, Dasan Makaveev. And uh, it it is a movie. It's a movie that I think... Roger Ebert's entire review of it, his contemporaneous review was like, look, guys, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This this kind of reminds me when I was talking to a friend last night. I I was talking to a friend last night and I'm like, is Salo something I should really see? And he's like, yes. And and, and like, because it's good. He's like, well... Like, he didn't know how to answer the question, and that's kind of how I feel like the sweet movie conversation comes, is it's like, yes, it's influential. Yeah, exactly. You don't don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, fucking Solo rocks, bro. Like, you gotta see Solo. Solo's the best. If Solo's your favorite movie, I'm a little concerned. You know, on a rainy, on a cold rainy day, I love to get a big mug of cocoa. Wrap myself in a one of those like blankets that you have to knit with your entire arms, and I just love to slip on some solo and just watch that feces feast. <laughs> just melt into solo. Um, yeah. So with all that's <laughs> very extended way of saying. This is a lot of solo talk here. Go to go to patreon.com slash the film stage show, and uh, for as little as one dollar an episode, you get access to our Slack channel. You get access to. Uh, what do you call that thing when you get a ticket? A raffle. You get cool raffles and get you stuff. And um, you get to you get to help us to create more awesome content, like our classic reviews, which we will be beginning to do again, starting with Unstoppable and then moving on to either Crimson Tide or Sweet Movie. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, that's that. Uh, let's not also forget <clears throat> that we are brought to you, of course, by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For every day, their curators select a brand new film for you to enjoy. 
The film of the day today is The Cove. Has anyone seen The Ooh. Cove? That is the dolphin one. That correct? is the dolphin. Yes, the dolphin one is the perfect way to put that. <laughs> Real sad movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, uh, it's uh. So here, I'll just read the synopsis off a of movie. Using state-of-the-art equipment, a group of activists led by renowned dolphin trainer Rick O'Berry infiltrate a cove near Taji, Japan, to expose both a shocking instance of animal abuse and a serious threat to human health. This was a movie that made a I apologize in advance a big splash when it premiered. And um, it's definitely a must-see movie. In addition to that, they have their Berlinale takeover. So you can see things such as Hotel Dallas. And, of course, they've still got their Sundance takeover happening. So you can see things like Little Odessa, Rise, Winter's Bone, and, of course, Pie. And But I'm a Cheerleader. And Buffalo 66. I just keep saying things because as I scroll through, I see all the great stuff that's currently on movie. I so really yes. want to watch Rise. I, I, I've like never seen that available somewhere, so I want to well, make some time got for that. 30 days to watch it, Michael. Well, 22 days as yes. it's recording. <laughs> so yes, movie. You have 30 days to watch every film that they add. It's constantly rotating selection. It is the best. So if you would like a free 30-day trial of movie, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. And that's that. Yeah, so let us now prep ourselves, slip onto our many layers, crawl in our snowcat, and get ready to talk about Cold Pursuit. Again, this film, a remake of In Order of Disappearance, uh, this screenplay by Frank Baldwin, directed by In Order of Disappearance director Hans-Peter Moland. This movie stars Liam Neeson. I won't say it stars Laura Dern, but it does feature Laura Dern. <laughs> It's also got Emmy Rossum, uh, John Doman, I think, is the uh, name of the actor that I'm thinking about. Who's the... Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, also, I want to give the a wire. shout out to Dominic Lombardazzi. Wow, I am fucking up this name hardcore. Dominic Lombardazzi, who you may the remember from The Wire. Is what you, who you just mentioned. What was that? <laughs> the two Wire actors is who you just mentioned. Isn't yeah, it? that's what I was going for. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got The Wire with John Dahman and uh, Dominic Lombardazzi. You got Shameless with Emmy Rossum. You've got, uh, oh shit, what was the name? Enlightened with Laura Dern. I think I've run out of premium cable TV shows to reference now. Anyway, this movie is about a snowplow dryer in Kehoe whose son is killed by a group of low-level drug dealers and who begins... His march of bloody revenge up the chain towards the main drug dealer dude. Here is the trailer. I'm very honored to be named Kehoe Citizen of the Year. I'm just a guy who keeps a strip of civilization open. When you drive the same road day after day, it's easy to think about the road not taken. I was lucky. I picked a good road early and I stayed on it. Mr. Coxman? What can I do for you? It's about your son. He died of a heroin overdose. We didn't know our own son. Kyle wasn't a druggie. Sorry, but all the parents say that. You're gonna have to say a few words. Kyle's dead. Tell me what happened. All right, that is the trailer for Cold Pursuits. 
uh, the newest film starring Liam Neeson, as I said. Let's uh, let's begin with uh, Bill Graham. What were your thoughts, in a nutshell way, on Cold Pursuit? So I had seen In Order of Disappearance a couple of years ago at Fantastic Fest. I really enjoyed that film, and I was really hesitant coming into this until I learned that A... It has like a surprising. Does it still have a good uh, Rotten Tomato score? I didn't update and check. The last I checked, it was at like eighty-one percent. That's me... that's. It's seventy-four that's... now. That's still okay. Okay, still that's, that's still still doing okay. Uh, I think it was at like eighty-seven percent uh, when when we first kind of brought up the idea of doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, remakes to me, especially if they go from like if they're not just like an update or you know um if they're like a foreign language film and then they're like hey we're gonna make it into an american film i'm usually like yeah go fuck yourself um and you know that kind of goes back to my whole conversation about like how much effort and energy you put into this these kind of things um thankfully i learned that the director of the original is also the director of this one so i was like oh huh interesting that that actually gives me a lot of like solace internally and like makes me want to think like okay let's see what he does with this with maybe a little bit bigger budget and you know has has fresh eyes and is able to kind of remake his own thing um and so yeah i uh I, I really enjoyed In Order of Disappearance. I think that movie's like two and a half hours long. It's really long. There's a lot of people that die in that. There's a lot of people that die in this. It's uh, almost two hours. Almost two hours. Okay. Uh, this film has not as much fun, I feel like, as In Order of Disappearance does. But just the same, I saw it in a theater with one other person at 1030 in the morning. So, you know, uh, your, your mileage may vary, but that person did not laugh once. I laughed like, you know, every 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I think this director has a very keen eye on like what, like small comedic bits can be sussed out of like tragic moments of life. And I feel like he has a very dark sense of humor that some people just are not going to enjoy or get. And yeah, I think this film is is fairly stylish in the way that it's done. But ultimately, I think it's 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 not one of Liam's best films, but I'd say it's it's near the top of that middle rung. So, yeah, I, I mean, if if you love if you enjoy the Liam Neeson actioners that we've been getting the last what decade or so since Taken, basically. Yeah, uh, I think it's been about literally a decade since Taken. Yeah. So if, if if you're enjoying that ride, this is definitely one that's uh, that you will probably enjoy as well, as long as you can kind of understand uh, dark comedy and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's fun. All right, Michael Snydell. Yeah, I had uh, I had not seen an order of disappearance until uh, I, I watched it today, actually, um, and uh, it is very interesting to see the ways that this uh, Americanizes it. Cold Pursuit takes place in a small uh, ski Kehoe. town called Kehoe in uh, Colorado, and um, uh, sorry, in order of disappearance takes place in uh, Norway. 
in a town that I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce. Is, but, is it Michael Nimtis, uh that that plays the main character? I can't uh, remember. Stellan Skarsgård. Okay, okay. Yeah. He's he's excellent. And then uh, Papa is uh, Bruno Gantz <laughs> from who's in the Vim Benders, uh, who's known for Vim Benders films. He's also the diamond um, dealer in um, the Counselor. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it is interesting the way it's Americanized. Uh, probably my favorite is they change it from Dickman to Coxman. Because um, <laughs> Americans obviously can't handle Dickman. Um, that is and, so weird because uh, I, I haven't seen An Order of Disappearance. And I was like, Nels Coxman must be like his name in the original. Because that's just a Norwegian as hell name. <laughs> nope, Dickman. <laughs> Dear God. And the, and the other major difference is it is Albanians in the original and it is Native Americans in uh, Cold Pursuit. I mentioned those things because I, in fact, think the Native American stuff is some of the most interesting things in I, Cold Pursuit. Yes. Um, uh, so Cold Pursuit's kind of weird because, uh, as I kind of alluded to um, – it is not anything like the trailer. Uh, it, and although it's kind of been talked about in the relation to the recent uh, Liam Neeson movies we've been getting, it's a lot more expansive. It's a lot more sprawling. Uh, the humor is very gratuitous. It's a lot of gallows humor, but it's also uh, very colorful. A, a lot of a lot of characters get a lot more um, time than you would expect. And... I'm not really spoiling anything to say Liam Neeson isn't in about 30% of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, like, would you guys also agree that's not a spoiler? No, I think it's it's fair to say that, like, there are a lot of side characters who get a lot of time. Yeah, like, like there are – it's like four different groups we're moving between. Uh, Cohen's been the big one people have mentioned, but, I, I mean, it especially reminds me – of like Elmore Leonard at, at his most uh, cartoonish <laughs> yeah. and and most like nihilistic and angry. There's some real um, justified vibes in this. Oh yes, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I am amazed. There's not a character who you know has the asshole line, but um, <laughs> yeah, Cold Pursuit is. I I think I like or excuse me, I find those choices interesting more than I find them really successful. I was kind of feeling the length of this and i think especially after rewatching or excuse me watching the original uh i think stone Skarsgård is um more interesting than mm-hmm. liam because i kind of feel like the liam neeson movie in this is just a lot less interesting than kind of the cross-hatched like crime thriller stuff uh I, again i think it's just a little bit too crowded but there's also so much color and detail in this movie that i didn't expect um and there in that sense there is like a couple things i did just find kind of lazy i i don't need any characters to be enlightened and it is really funny uh, speaking of americanization this movie is way hornier than the original <laughs> Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just scummy and horny all the time um and like I, like and that's mostly fine and i'm finding that there's a bunch of like racist jokes and stuff and a, a good bit with a, a reservation pun mm-hmm. um, that, was, <laughs> that was so good I we we have to get to spoilers like soon just so i can run sure. down some of my favorite moments 
Yeah, but, there, but, there's but, there's so many good lines in this film. But I, I just think that a few characters uh, really suffer uh, in terms of I wish they'd be cut out. There is one um, Vietnamese woman who's like a stereotype that they milk for too much and like is in too much of the movie. I think there is uh, I think Laura Dern's character is really underserved mm-hmm. even with the great, uh, great kind of final moment with her. Um, and I just I don't. Uh, especially bill it's interesting you said that this is less fun because in order of disappearance is like far more serious like it's a lot more sparse and it's dialogue like this is just like colorful people going on monologues about Mm -hmm. you know putting uh 20s on their uh, (laughs) on their family jewels so like that is the type of movie this is the kills are pretty entertaining there's a great soundtrack in this i Mm. i I wasn't able to look but it's like mandolin and some really interesting instrumentation um ultimately i don't think it quite works but it's it's way weirder than it has any right to be and it's definitely trying to trying to juggle some things and i uh i admire that yeah i um i had a great time with this movie i went and saw it (laughs) on thursday night so like one of the first people to go see it uh in the general public and it was it was fun coming to realize what the movie was trying to be um i think the moment that like really like tipped its hand for me was the first time we're introduced to uh viking the mm-hmm. the big bad <clears throat> played by tom bateman oh please this, please like, tell me about this he's yeah. so gross he's, he's like so perfect at being this character i i loved every moment with him he's got like i think he's he's definitely like british as shit i think yeah he was born in yes. oxford oxfordshire england <laughs> jesus but christ he's um <laughs> he's got like the i can't like so apparently British people think that Americans speak with their nose. Um, <laughs> and so Tom Bateman in this movie is doing like a real, you know, he's he's like flattened his voice out and he's like brought it up an octave. And it's it's so good. And when he is talking to his like very like, you know, sensitive son about like a bully, he's like, you know, you got to stand up to a bully. Like, did you even read Lord of the Flies yet after I gave yes. it to you for your birthday? And I was just like. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. He's like, all the answers are in that book. And I was like, holy shit, this guy thinks Lord of the Flies is a handbook for life. This is like amazing. Like instantly I know exactly what kind of guy this is. This is the kind of guy who watches Fight Club and is like, yeah, Starbucks is bullshit. Like not realizing that the thing that he loves is preaching against him. And just having him... And like Dominic Lombardazzi, the name that I've had the most trouble with in the last two years, like having this relationship with this kid and just like the way that the movie subverts so much of what you expect a movie like this to do constantly and gleefully and unendingly. Like there's a point where Liam Neeson comes in after being gone for like a day and a half. And he turns to Laura Dern and is like, aren't you going to ask where I've been? And she's just like not having it. And she's just leaves the room. And I was just like, this movie's amazing. Everything about this is so 
good and fun and it does get like a little draggy but like the kind of languid attitude that like makes some parts drag also gives us a scene of a bunch of like people who are ready to murder someone playing in the snow and having a snowball fight yeah yeah, throwing snowballs at each other and just laughing like and i was just like this is like what like if i have to like go through like a five minute stretch of dead space to have something like this happen i am fucking fine with it sure sure and um yeah it was just funny because like at first i was like oh no one in the theater is laughing i should try to be quiet and then for like the last hour i was like yeah fuck these people i'm gonna laugh my ass off every time i feel like it and um and i did a lot and it was great and i loved i loved it and so yeah i i think this is through its weirdness and bizarreness and through its willingness to be so critical of the concept of like revenge and like what you expect from one of these thrillers so much so that it turns into like a bleak morality tale comedy of errors i was just all about it it was it was great (laughs) it was it was so it was so crazy and then of course i left the theater and i see the 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 poster for this movie that's like cold pursuit and it has like this weird kind of jaunty font and a tree like spiked through a car that's like yeah and i was like how did i not realize immediately that this was supposed to be a comedy well the other one is very serious it's like liam neeson like holding uh, a knocked out person like with this very serious like it almost looks like a kidnapping movie <laughs> right and, and so that's actually the that was another i think yeah no i think that was i think that part came after the the whole lord of the flies thing when he like knocks a guy on an elevator and then it shows you him having to drag this unconscious man through a parking lot to get to the the van where sure. he's going to torture him and I, the movie does that so many times where it's like Let's linger in the awkward moment that we would usually cut away from because it's not going to look cool. So, like, his son on a gurney that has to be slowly pumped upward. Mm-hmm. Um, a group mm-hmm. of people dragging, like, a coffin into a... Um, or carrying a coffin a into... Moving a moving van. A moving van and having to stand on the thing as it gets mixed up. It's just like, like wow. every time that the movie hung out for, like, that extra three minutes... To be like, this is what happens after the cool move. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is great. I love this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, okay. I, I don't know how they would have got this across in the in the trailer. <laughs> what, what this actually is. It, it, and this is like, this is a mean movie. Like, it reminded me especially of like, I mean, it's like Man on Fire played a lot more comedically. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have the Tony Scott, you know, like, melodramatic verve. But We're like, going to talk about Tony Scott this week, baby. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. But, like, the, the violence in this movie is, uh, it's brutal. And, like, I also, I don't, I guess we need to get into spoilers, but he commits a lot of murders and doesn't, <laughs> seems to leave a lot of evidence everywhere. <laughs> so, I am. Like, other than the, you know, his disposal method, which yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking about in a, a year and a year and a quarter. <laughs> when the next stages roll around. Exactly. <laughs> I love uh, I love the fact that, like, there's some Foley artist in Hollywood who was working on this film who was like, okay, all right. God, another scene where I have to make the sound of teeth crattle, crattle, crattle like, falling onto concrete. This is insanity. 
Like, mm-hmm. how many times am I going to have to make the sound of someone's teeth falling out of their mouth? <laughs> yeah, I need another 10 watermelons. Sorry. <laughs> it's another scene where he beats someone relentlessly. That's the funny mm-hmm. thing is that this movie is a lot more invested in the physical violence leading up to someone's murder than the actual murder itself. Like, there's not a lot mm-hmm. of gun violence up until, like, the very end. And so most of what you see is, like, you know, the pain inflicted by, like, a human beating another human. Well, the, the other funny part of, of this is, like, you know, a lot of a lot of these Liam Neeson action films kind of paint Neeson as, as kind of this superhuman you know action action heavy guy in the in the typical action action movie role and this film doesn't do much of that it's mainly just him getting getting the first punch in and just like people just after that they get one good wallop in their face and they're just like oh fuck you know and that's it and so like this film doesn't do a whole lot of like oh neeson is so smart and so clever and like like so good at like you know uh hand-to-hand combat and shit like that it's just like nah he just gets the upper hand on people has a gun most of the time and it's just like nah nah I'm, i'm gonna kill you you know it's just like oh shit I guess I guess when grown men punch each other, sometimes that fucking hurts, and and they just like stop, <laughs> you know? They the crew really fight back. His crew is so stubborn, though. <laughs> like, there's so many times where like people are beaten to a pulp, and it's just like, just just tell me where this person is, and, and they're just like, mm-hmm. you're gonna die, and so then Liam Deeson does something else horrible, <laughs> and then he's like, all right, fine, I'll tell you. <laughs> like, it's. <laughs> It's really funny. Sorry, last time I mentioned the original. That's the other thing I noticed is like literally immediately in the original, like they'll get punched once in the face and I'll be like, yeah, you're looking for this guy. Here's the phone number. Uh, here's his address. Uh, make mm-hmm. sure you ring the doorbell twice. And then... <laughs> <laughs> but this this one is just like everybody's just like, fuck you <laughs> just every time. And then he's like, all right, one more one more tooth. And then I think I've got it. I I I found it hilarious, and and this is kind of a running thing that I've seen kind of come up uh, recently in a, in a lot of films because of kind of the advent of of the uh, cell phone and you know having pictures so readily available that like at one point someone is is like is this the guy you're talking about and he shows them a picture and it's like oh that's on your contacts list of just like a picture of the bad guy that he wants to hunt down <laughs> and you're just you're just like you're just like wait you just have a picture of him like that that seems like unnecessary like shouldn't you just like recognize him and not have like that kind of damaging evidence on your phone like can you imagine like that text message thread between those two like jesus christ you know it's just He's like up his linkedin <laughs> the other the uh, other thing i love in this movie that, we, that i don't think is a spoiler is like the way that like they mark everyone who dies yes i love <laughs> these that. little yeah. interstitial cards with like hand-drawn symbols yeah. For whatever their, uh, I guess, like their their religious bent was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what a couple of them were, though. And it was making me mad because I'm like, how do I look this up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, that was that was amazing. Um, And then again, just like this is, you know, it's not a it's not a particularly deep movie because its whole yeah. statement is just like, sure. At the end of the day, everything it says is basically like, 
what was the point of all that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did that really seem to prove or help anything? Um, and the answer is no. And I think that like it's it's in being able to laugh at the absurdity of this, which we'll get into in spoilers, is like where a lot of the like the joy comes from. Because um, mm-hmm. like I found myself like less interested in like any quote unquote action because Liam Neeson's sure. old man and he's in a very large coat, so most of the action <laughs> is very slow. But it was it was those like interstitial moments, and the moment that I laughed the hardest at, we'll have to get into in spoilers. But that was the point when I was legitimately like, I don't give a fuck about anyone else in this theater. I'm having the time of my life. Um, well, so, I think I think the one other thing before we get into spoilers, I just wanna just wanna say to you know a credit to the writers is that like there's a really nice sense of, of history uh, that is not that no one needs to lecture on or anything, but just the way that the different factions have worked together and just even like mm. the little, the little things that Tom Bateman, for instance, says about T.O. or about, you know, like different people like this, like this is the person who wants to kill me. Like it's that type of like big fish, small ponds, yeah. uh, pond stuff. That's, really really well done and especially when you have such a big cast that feels even more convincing yeah no all of all of those little tiny moments are are very well deeply felt um i imagine this screenplay read really well like it it was it was probably not hard to sell these people on this if (laughs) if either they saw the original or they just read the script because i imagine the screenplay probably popped you know it's it's one of those things where maybe the execution the final execution you can kind of have have grumbles with but i think all, all of the right pieces are here and yeah it's there's definitely more more thought put into the characters than maybe like the whole point of the film you know um, i love a sure, movie that, yeah. that feels like you could almost feel the director like telling the people like the actors like no really like don't be afraid to put a dollop of like sour cream on top of this like Uh because i can see i could see this movie playing so dire and straight if like olivier megaton was directing it Uh and i just feel like everyone is like okay liam neeson action film we got to be good we got to be good and then you know the director just walks up to to tom and is like so go nuts like (laughs) Tap into like Patrick Bateman, but more. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I feel you. All right, I can do that. That's like your starting point. <laughs> yeah, like, like let's do like Patrick Bateman, but also like he's he's like a criminal. It's like wasn't Patrick but, Bateman but, a criminal? But like this one's but like also an organized a moron. Guy. But also a moron. Yeah, like, yeah. Um. So let's do let's do spoilers. Um. The winning line for this movie for me, there's two of them actually, and they come fairly close together, is when, and this is like, this is when I felt the most alienated from my crowd, is when Tom Bateman, again, as Viking, after Liam Neeson has like kidnapped his son, but he doesn't realize still that it's Liam Neeson doing any of this stuff. He thinks it's White Bull and his gang. And he's just like running around his office going, when you steal someone's son, you call them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, 
these people have the most twisted sense of like he's not like pissed off that they took his son he's like this isn't the protocol for this yeah i know how this i've already made peace with the fact that this would probably happen (laughs) but where's my goddamn phone call you don't shoot the messenger (laughs) yeah yeah they literally shoot the messenger and then the the next favorite thing is um and i've been trying to find which actor played him but i can't I don't know who it is. Um, it's one of White Bull's men. White Bull played beautifully by Tom Jackson, especially the scene where he's like meandering around the uh, resort gift shop. <laughs> yeah, made but, in um, China. Oh I Jesus! It, I wonder if it's. I'm going to click on this person. No, I don't think it's Glenn Gold. There's a. There's an actor. Maybe no, it's not Avalanche. Anyway, so one of his. One of his. His crew. I guess like his second in command is trying to get them a room at the, at the hotel in Kyoto. Oh, yes. And um, this woman's like, you have to, you know, we can't without a reservation. And he's like, a reservation? And like, you know, there's a very tense exchange. He's like, you know, what I heard is like, you should stay on your reservation. She's like, oh, no, like, that's not what I meant to say. And he's like, do you have any idea what I could do to you on Yelp? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's a that's a great great line. His yeah. delivery of that because it's you've already seen him murder people, and you're like, mm-hmm. but he doesn't always spring to that. It's just like so it's so it's so beautiful. Like you know, to some people, the threat of death is enough. To that woman, the idea of being dragged on Yelp by a Native American is the most terrifying thing on earth. Sure, sure. It was so good. His delivery of that line, I was like, why isn't this guy in everything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- those are those are kind of some of those scenes that just just really really pop for me and 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 you know, it's it's those little things that make a film like this more bearable even if it's just like you get out of it and ultimately you're just like yeah i'm i'm kind of a shrug about the movie but damn like there were there were some moments and some parts that he like really keyed in on and like had a lot of fun with mm-hmm. like yeah like th- th- there's there's even um what's her name from uh damn it the, the, the really only the real like fleshed out female character in this film uh Emily? the ex-wife no Damn oh it. emmy Rossum. emmy Rossum? Yeah, yeah i was emmy about Rossum. to say she was the biggest shrug for me in the entire she's, movie she's a shrug in she, so far as her impact on the plot but i like enjoyed her a bit but like yeah she doesn't really yes. seem to do anything <laughs> No, but but that that line on the phone call that she like ends up hanging up on that's on speakerphone uh, and her captain, I guess, whatever he is playing that role, um, he he just seems so disappointed. Like he was he was hoping for some romance and like hearing some romance. And what he ended up hearing was not exactly his style of romance. And so he's so disappointed. He thought in it was going to be delivery. like light flirtation. And instead she's like almost <laughs> leading into phone sex. Oh, oh like his, <laughs> the, the guy says, um, I want you to unlock the door and leave the lights off. And you're just like, Oh, yeah. It's like, Oh, that's the kind of insight into your coworkers, personal life that you just don't want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I found the guy. I want to shout him out. It's Raul Max, uh, Trujillo. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I I want to, uh, he's was, he's in cold pursuit. Uh, Mayans MC. Okay. 
the motorcycle um, the FX show. That he was in Sicario, off. Dave the Soldado. Huh. Something called Jamestown. It seems like he's had a, a super long career. He does a lot of TV. Oh, he was in Sicario, too. Okay, okay. Uh, da Vinci's not, it, Demons, Riddick, mm-hmm. The Firm, the TV series. I, I feel, I feel like I've, see, I've definitely like seen his face. Yeah, like, he's, a, sure. he's a great character actor. And um, he is uh, mixed blood descent of Ute, Apache, Comanche, Pueblo, Tiscalana, French, Sephardic Jew, and Andalusian Moor. Wow. The guy is so much more interesting than me. <laughs> he also, after uh, high school, spent three years serving in the military in Germany. Oh, God. We can't talk about IMDb again. Instructor. <laughs> okay, yeah. his, right, his IMDb on. biography is like four paragraphs, so you all talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to learn about this man. <laughs> all right, I wanted to say uh, Julia Jones, the other woman who it doesn't get that many scenes, but in particular, a ball-busting. Oh, oh she oh, plays Aya, yes. the ex-wife. It gets some, but she just gets some like wonderfully like withering lines. Especially, I particularly like when he's just like going on a rant and she just walks out, <laughs> like just continually, like he's on one of his like just these grandiose weird uh, Atlas Shrugged about, style yeah. like screeds. Yes, <laughs> the, the, the thing that like. like yeah. That makes makes me laugh the most about Viking is like one of those opening sequences when he's like, you pack these cookies for my son. They have high fructose corn syrup. He mentions like something else. Ebony goes and baking, baking soda. soda. And you're just like, what the fuck? He's is like high fructose corn syrup, like liacin and baking soda. Is that paleo? Is that I don't. Paleo I don't even know. Because when he no, gives the, I, um... I, I honestly think he, he doesn't know what the fuck baking soda is. So uh, okay. I don't know. Because like that got me thinking. Like, what is baking soda? But also like his actual menu for his son that he gives to his wife that is on a a note card that he has laminated. Yeah, it's super fucking tiny too. And he's like, she's like. Grass-fed, grass-fed beef, like organic greens and like potatoes. What, like, for breakfast? He's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> like, but it changes day to day. Like, if you turn it over, he gets free-range like chicken, breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner. And he has like, he's such a dick. He's just such a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he like yeah, does. I, like, I, the... I love, I love his henchman's like relationship with his son too. Like, they like all of Mozart. them. Yeah, like like all of them are like nice to his son and like have fun with the son and I just don't see that happening at all with like the father-son relationship, which is of course like why the son like cozies up to Liam Neeson so quick. He's just like, "You're yeah. nice." Like, what the fuck is wrong with my father? Like, you know, like all of these male figures in my life except for my father are like genuinely interesting and fun to hang around. <laughs> I like when the kid is too just like have you heard of Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> yeah yeah That's exactly what the kid is just it. like so ready for any other man in his life and he's like so <laughs> you're my dad now <laughs> lay the groundwork maybe you could just keep me <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and I love um there I don't there's so many like I, so when I got home from this movie I was like how do I explain this and I was <laughs> I said it's so funny because like in one of these movies, like, I thought of, like, John Wick, you know, like, where it's, like, 
you I hear the name John Wick and you're like, oh shit, John Wick, the Baba Yaga. He's going to murder everyone with a pencil, blah, blah, blah. And in this movie, someone legitimately like comes up and is like, yeah, um, I was hired to kill you by a man named Coxman. And they're like, oh shit, it wasn't Whitebull. We're fucked. We did a wrong thing. Also, Coxman. We knew a Coxman. It's got to be that Coxman, right? Like, fucking Liam Neeson can't get arrested in this goddamn movie because people give so sure. little of a shit about him and his dead son that like... When they finally find him, they're like, he, he had a brother. Great. <laughs> like, I still don't care why he's doing it. I just finally at last know who this person is. It's such mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. it's such a like weird comedy of errors where it's like, what if you went on a mission of revenge and no one noticed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good moment when he's, after he's killed like four people where Emmy Rossum's character goes up to him and you're like, is she going to say something weird? And she's like, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> Yeah, like after he had just went on a rampage, <laughs> and even his own brothers, like you think you got what it takes to kill a man, and he's like, "I've already killed three. Like, <laughs> and like the, the the best thing is that he he never gets any better at it. It never makes him feel better. He he literally kills all the people responsible for his son's death, but he wants to keep going because he has nothing else. And his wife leaves him and doesn't even like write anything on the note. That was so perfect. Yeah, that's good. And it's just like yeah, at the end of the movie, like. What has he really gotten? Like he he hasn't done anything. He's kind of got a new friend now, you know, in this <laughs> in White Bull. But like, yeah. Then he runs over Avalanche, who <laughs> lands uh, his paragliding thing right into the snowthrower. If you if you get Laura Dern though, give her more to do. God damn it! Come on. Look, Laura Dern got a vacation <laughs> and some money out of this. I feel like she's fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. she loves skiing <laughs> i was expecting more from her but then i was just like you know I, like eh, yeah she like had she she's the character who's the most human in this movie and so sure. of course she extricates herself from her like emotionally closed off revenge driven husband and won't even give him the satisfaction of being like where do you go every night john yeah yeah so, but it was weird because I'm like, oh, Laura Dern. Like, there's a part of my my brain that's still like six years old and just thinks that Laura Dern is like the best act. Well, I mean, she is the best actress. Oh her, no, but she also is. like, is amazing. <laughs> the most famous person who should be in every movie because I just saw sure. her in a uh, Jurassic Park. You know? Yeah. Like when you have one of those formative movies, you're like, I don't understand why isn't she in everything? <laughs> sure. Why do sure. they cast other actresses? Mm-hmm. What if mm-hmm. they put her in Star Wars? Oh, yeah. hey. then, how about that? And it happened. It's the same thing I had with um, like Tom Cruise and and Harrison Ford growing up between Top Gun and Indiana Jones. I was like, so these guys should just they're all, they're, they're in everything, everything, right? Like, why do we bother? <laughs> We've got it. We've done it. Sure. I do like I, how she's just like smoking a joint too at the beginning and like doesn't stop or anything and like I, I'm, I'm like oh are they gonna do something where she quickly like throws it in the toilet or something but it's just like oh weed is just acceptable in colorado that's right yeah it's <laughs> yeah. this is like yeah. the first movie that really like lays lays into that and then it's funny because um wasn't even in the script she's just oh. like <laughs> She showed up. She's like, hey, I, uh, I'm just going to burn this. Is that cool? And they're like, uh, it's yeah, that's fine. Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love how I love how the uh, the deputy. What's his name? Burrell. <laughs> John uh, Gip Gipsy, played by John Doman. And, um, you know, he's he's like, why are you going to go bust those guys for smoking outside? Like, come yeah. on. This is <laughs> it's called community policing. Like we enforce the values more than we actually enforce the law. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, 
what was I gonna say? It was something about it was something about Laura Dern smoking. I love I love that um she has like the the response of like we didn't know our son and he's just like no like Kyle wasn't like a drug user and she's like of course he was the like a cop said he was I'm gonna go light yeah. a joint <laughs> <laughs> and it is it's all about like the degrees and everything of like what is allowed and you can kind of feel that stress on the drug dealers I love the fact that like we gave them Kehoe we never expected it to be a good place we should take it back <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh. I, I, I will say filmmaking wise too. I think the I think the last sequence is shot really interestingly. I, it does remind me a lot of that Fargo season two ender. I, I think it's season two. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. I, do, when, do you know what scene I'm talking up. about, Bill? Yeah, yeah the, the hotel. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like that scene is shot in a really interesting way. Like it has a very odd tone. Like it, it is very much like what you're saying, Brian. Like the comedy of airs. But I did think it, it just felt very thoughtful in how it's staged and um, just how once it gets going, like, as you're saying, it's not really interested even in the exact – like, it's interested in violence, but it's not reveling in, like, the act of it. It's more like being around it. Like, mm-hmm. there's that great moment where uh, Neeson's character is under the car, like he's taking cover, or, or, and there's someone who's trying to shoot past him. Yeah. at someone at someone else and and it's that stuff that i think is is really smart and does actually make this really different from a lot of liam neeson roles like he beats the shit out of people but he's not he is like very much an everyman even yeah. more so than his usual right because every- usually he's like an everyman they, they but it. he used to be a cop or he used to be a navy seal whatever he <laughs> sure, was and taken yeah. and and they set it up like he's he's looking over this ledge and like about to like take aim at this caravan of cars that's one other thing that i really want to mention but uh this caravan of cars and then he's like pulled away by the kid and then he just doesn't have any other like like situation where he gets the the one up on anybody it's just like sure. oh okay well i missed my and and you're just like wait he can't even like really like you you zoom into the scope and you're like that's like a a 50 50 shot not like a like high percentage shot like he's just gonna take that shot you're just like "Uh, i don't know if that's gonna work man like you don't even know where this fucking guy is in the vehicle like you're you're gonna go shoot the tires or something i didn't know what the hope would be that they would like pull over and like get out for cover and he could just besiege them i guess but even then i'm just like is this your plan like this is it's this not is your grand fucking, no it's a terrible plan it just seems like oh he did not think this through at all like he's got he's got like a car three cars full of people headed his way like this is a disaster so and then his his next bright idea is like i'll hide underneath this car and and then like shoot at the one main bad guy and to you're be just fair, like that almost works it does, but even still, you're just like, but then you're still going to get killed. Like, I mean, I guess that's kind of the point. I mean, yeah, I don't think he really cares at that point. At that no, point, he's sort of no. lost everything. So, yeah. but, but I, I don't know. It was, it was interesting though. that, that they were just like, 
oh, you expect Liam Neeson to come up with like some badass plan and like to have his warehouse like like booby trapped? And it's like, fuck no. He's no. just got enough time to like like <laughs> have some fun with this kid and be like, oh shit, they're at my house already? Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, crap. Um yeah. What was I going to oh, say? Oh, uh, the, the other thing I, I really enjoyed in this film is that all the cars are driving around with uh, with snow tires, like like oh, chains, got the chains on, on their tires. Yeah. yeah, and that was just something that I noticed, and I was just like – I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about how many cold films I've seen throughout my life, and like nobody ever has fucking chains on their <laughs> wheels, and I was just like, yeah, I feel no, like – the apotheosis of that is in four brothers when like they drive onto a frozen lake and none of the cars have <laughs> snow tires or snow chains. Sure, sure. Yeah. Shout out the to the Tesla brothers. with the suicide doors. Yeah. The goal the, the gold, gold wing doors, gold. yeah. 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 The uh the SUV. Again, just Jeez. like that fucking asshole Viking. He's <laughs> just a real piece of shit. <laughs> like that scene where he's in a towel and he's like trying to seduce his ex-wife and she again just like leaves while his henchman is sitting there too and his friend his henchman seems so happy to see her again Mm -hmm. dominic bomber darcy he's just like hey aya yeah he's he's great he's great and i love that he's the one who tips off the uh native american gangsters well after they kill his dumbass lover yeah Jesus, that guy was a fucking idiot. That guy was, like, trying to get killed throughout the entire sure. movie. Like, he just kept making all the wrong choices. Yeah. Bill, your your mic is crackling. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just want to make... I just want to let you know. Bill, or, uh, Brian, do you hear that at all? Like, Not talk presently. for a sec, Bill. Uh, oh, yeah, it's now? crackling a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oops. It's been crackling for the last, like... Uh, two to five minutes. Sorry, I didn't mean to like no, no, interrupt here. I don't know if you want to cut this out, obviously, Brian, but I just wanted to no, make sure. Leave it in. See how the sausage is made. Um, Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Cheesiness. <laughs> are, are, I mean, at this point, we're just kind of like talking about our favorite moments. Yeah, I think so we're, I don't, I think I don't we're close to wrapping it up. Um, I can't think, yeah, because I can't think of like, you know, like I said, it's a very simple movie. I like what it's doing, and I think it does it like stylishly, and that everyone comes to play. And I think that, yeah, there's a certain part of this movie that's just like, I want to watch it with friends so afterwards we could just talk about all the crazy shit that they do. <laughs> okay, the final part. When the Native American, like, so, like, all the all the white gangsters keep calling the Native Americans the Indians. Um, I love this, yeah. And then... There's like a dead guy and a human head <laughs> and the, the Native Americans have to get rid of him. And they're like, all right, well, how about you do it like Janet? And she turns around. And she's like, I'm not I'm fucking, fucking doing busy. it. I'm busy. Have the Indian do it. And there's a, there's a man from India standing there. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> and then he just drops it. <laughs> the drops yeah. That. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of good gags. Like, I, Brian, I'll totally give you that. I just I wish it didn't feel kind of a muddled at the end, and it's kind of weird because I'm really curious to see what you think of the original now because I think that the little more somber uh, tone of the original doesn't make the ending feel muddled, and it's mm-hmm. nearly about the same length. There's way less time with the cops, though. I will say that, but yeah, I. 
I, I just wish it it came together into something a little larger uh, rather than just having all these really good gags that we've admittedly been talking about for a while. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check it out. It's uh, apparently for rent on a uh, Prime Video. So also on Netflix. Oh, even better. Support Netflix, Brian. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh Jesus! So, where is that coming from? Um. Uh... <sighs> indeed. All right. So I think we're done. Uh, we've been talking yeah. for a while. The yeah. Yes. I was gonna I'm say uh, look for our discussion about stuff, but I don't know if it's still on this episode or not. So we'll just uh, skip over that for now. Um, so yes, the next time that we talk to you, we will be talking about Unstoppable, the newest film, or the newest film, uh, our classic review of the Tony Scott masterpiece, in all honesty. Um, the next theatrical review that we're going to do is, is it Alita Battle Angel? Is that what we've... I kind of want to see that, but we we can talk about what you guys want to do. I'm like fine with that. I think I'm fine with that. Or Lego Rodriguez. I think he's interesting. All right, well, we'll figure it out. But uh, I would yeah, put, we'll talk I would put about it. better odds on Alita Battle Angel being what we talk about. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah. Lego Movie to... came out this week. Yeah, I know. It, it kind of flopped, it sounds like, too. It only made $35 million yeah, opening weekend. It did weekend. not make, uh, make very much money. Com- it didn't look considering the... I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, thought, I thought it looked okay. But, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to to hit twice with that kind of film, I think. Um, because again, the first one should not work at all. And it does. And the fact that they have mined that for like two other movies that maybe y'all haven't seen Lego Batman. And then also Lego Ninjago. I've seen Um, Batman, not Ninjago though. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they've, they've managed to like pump these out, um, I think it's unfortunate that it's not actually directed by uh, Lord and Miller. It's only sure. written by. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that has any ultimate effect on like the end result because clearly like Spider-Man didn't have that issue. So I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Lego Lego 2. I don't even know what the fuck that thing's called. So The Lego 2. That, that's That's it. Yeah, All right. Movie to the <laughs> second part. Um, meanwhile, Lead a Battle Angel, written by James Cameron. So, you know, mm-hmm. we all know how good James Cameron is at screenplays. This is going to be... We haven't been able to talk about a James Cameron movie since this podcast has begun because, <laughs> you know, Avatar was like, what, 2009? Yeah. D- don't worry, Brian. I'm sure we'll have time to talk about five of those movies here soon. Whenever I honestly think out. this podcast will be over before we ever get an Avatar sequel. <laughs> the I, heat death I of think, the universe will yeah, cancel us. I, I think the world will be over. Can you imagine if that movie comes out? and sam worthington is in it and he's just like who the fuck is this guy wait is he still is he i don't think so but that that would be so funny because you're just like oh i remember you (laughs) he showed up in something where i'm like you're not bad in this and i can't remember whether it is what it was so he obviously wasn't that good Oh, is this going to be one of our classic, uh, like coming off of last week, where we're just like going to spend twenty minutes talking no, about random actors? Okay. No. Oh, Manhunt Unabomber, I've heard he's pretty good in. Okay, okay, 
Yeah, because I was about to say, it's definitely not The Shack. Hacksaw Ridge, I know you love that one. I wouldn't say I love it. I think I enjoyed it quite a bit. Only, again, because it has, like, a scrappy, like, um like Disney Channel original feel until it turns into like a nightmarish hellscape. <laughs> uh, he then, also uh, was in Everest. Oh, yeah. Something called the keeping room. I love, I, I do love yeah. this. Cause oh, like, I've seen that. he was in something called the Titan as Lieutenant Rick Jansen. And then <laughs> he was in call of duty Four black ops as Alex Mason. And then he's in something called fracture as Ray Monroe. And then it's just, Avatar, Avatar 2, th- Avatar 3, Avatar 4, Avatar 5, Jake Sully. <laughs> oh, Jesus, so he is in them. Wow. But anyway, we haven't exactly. had a chance to talk about uh, our feelings on James Cameron, of which I have many. And so if we talk about Alita, and it, it is, as I expect it to be, coming from the mind of James Cameron, then uh, we'll uh, we'll be able to do that. Oh, did he? does he have a writing credit on it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it is based on a... I'm, I'm a manga, yeah. Right, but he he like has wanted to make this movie for like sure. twenty years, yeah. And sure. um, he's been a big part of the press tour. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, we'll probably talk about Alita. Um, yeah. again, we're gonna talk about Unstoppable as a part of our classic series, and you can thank our Patreon members or become one of them by going to Patreon.com/slash/TheFilmStageShow. Don't forget also to go to Movie.com/slash/FilmStage in order to get a free thirty-day trial of Movie on us. They've got a bunch of great stuff that we named earlier in the episode, which I will now pull up seamlessly, not vamping for time, such as The Cove, Hotel Dallas, Satan in High Heels. Interesting. What is that about? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a Jack Hill movie. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I don't know. Stacey Kane, Meg Miles, is the anti-hero of Satan in High Heels, a carnival stripper who goes on the lamb and proceeds to bend the nightclub world to her devices in a series of intense power plays. Interesting. Indeed. So yeah, anyway, movie. Uh, <laughs> go to movie.com slash film stage for your free 30-day trial. And that is it. That is all. So let's tell the fine folks where we can be found between now and the next time that we speak to them. Michael Snydell. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Snydell and on Letterboxd, where I'm still trying to figure out what the hell I thought of uh, the image book. Uh, so maybe I'll write something about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me at my local Alamo trying to catch up with uh, the kid who would be king and uh, maybe Lego Movie 2. And uh Yeah. Uh, maybe even they shall not grow old. I'll try and seek that oh, one out yeah. as well. I'm interested to see that. On I want to see on that so screen. bad. And um, it's crazy how that has been sort of released. Like the release, mean? the release for that is just crazy because like it came out in the UK like last year, mm-hmm. and then it was like it's going to be a Fathom event, and then they're like, actually, we're going to put it in like 25 theaters, and now they're like, actually, it's in 600 maybe. Mm-hmm. I got a I got an email. That was like, it's going to play at one of the museums in D.C., depending on the shutdown. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And now, so I'm just like, I really should like find a day, figure out where it's playing and just make the trek to wherever that is to be able to see it. Because that looks fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. uh, Apparently, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is still in theaters as well. 
um because some of my friends are starting to like finally get around to seeing it they're like oh yeah the the uh holidays kind of slowed down for me and now now it's time to go see that spider-man movie i'm like it's fucking february guys like jesus <laughs> um but yeah i'm gonna go try and see if uh i can find that in 3d somewhere and hopefully like nobody else is in that fucking theater because it's probably not at alamo and my my luck outside of alamo and other like high-end theaters is not very good so meh <laughs> Um, well, but yeah. uh, you know, you know me. I'm always spoiling for a fight, so you can find me at my local AMC, <laughs> uh, where I'll pay like twenty dollars for a ticket and just yell at people. Shut up! Watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my uh, my superhero thing is going into AMC movie theaters and just hoping that someone starts talking or texting. <laughs> that was actually something dumb that happened in Cold Pursuit as I guess like t- a group came split in half and one of them went and saw a different movie and like another half came and saw Cold Pursuit and I guess the other movie got out earlier because like they, they showed up in the theater and were like actively talking to their people like hey man how much longer is this like is it almost over like well come and meet us outside when it's done and I was there like what the fuck guys Anyway, um, so me, where where am I? Uh, I can be found on the internet, uh, Twitter, Instagram, fucking Letterboxd, at Brian J. Rowan. Find writing and stuff on my personal site, brianjrowan.com. And, of course, you can find us and all of these episodes that we've ever done on filmstage.com as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time. Let it Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping And I brought me some corn for popping The lights are turned way down low Let it snow, let it snow When we find